Yo, Solana Beach, California. Guess who's gonna get old live? Not old as in, Christ on a popsicle stick, this is boring. I'm talking about Jay and Silent Bob get old, mo fuckers. Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes are coming to the Belly Up Tavern on November 22nd. Don't miss the debauchery, Iggy B. Jay and Silent Bob get old, recording their podcast live at the Belly Up Tavern in Solana Beach, California, on November 22nd. Get your tickets for this and all other Smodco shows at csmod.com. Red State DVD and Blu-ray available now at coopersdell.com. Get exclusive bundle packages featuring posters, soundtracks, t-shirts, signed scripts, wardrobe used in the film, and a chance to be a guest on air with Kevin Smith via Skype. Red State DVD and Blu-ray exclusive bundles now at coopersdell.com. Smirch alert, smirch alert, motherfucker smirch alert. Go to smodcast.com slash smerchandise to get your official Jay and Silent Bob iPhone 4 cases from Casemate. Choose from three different snoogerific designs. We got soft ones and hard ones. Hey, I'm talking about the cases, bitch. All emblazoned with your favorite Smodco icons, Jay and Silent Bob. Snag your iPhone 4 case for $39.99 and protect the precious smodcast.com slash smerchandise yo Canada Jay and Silent Bob are gonna be royally mounting you December 7th in Vancouver December 8th Edmonton December 9th Calgary December 10th Saskatoon and December 11th Winnipeg their comedic maple syrup's gonna be gushing all over your timbits. How's that for a visual, eh? Jay and Silent Bob get old. Live in the Great White North. Linky links to tickets at smodcast.com slash get old in Canada. Hey, Eldborg, Iceland. On November 11th, Kevin Smith will be inside you. Kev is bringing his famous Q&A to Eldborg Main Hall, talking movies, comics, sex, taking a shit, whatever you want to ask about. Hilarity will ensue. Kevin Smith, live at the Eldborg Main Hall in Eldborg, Iceland, on November 11th. Links to tickets for this and all Smodco shows at csmod.com. So, you're saying, yo, sir, dude, I love sir, and I want to show the world. Wear your sir love with our official t-shirts, biatch. Fishies have no eyes. Let us fuck. Jay and Silent Bob get old. The Garmy. There's also posters, action figures. There's so many to choose from. Grab your smirch at smodgas.com. Scroll down and click on Smerchandise. Catch live video clips of Jay and Silent Bob Get Old and Hollywood Babylon on the Kevin Smith blog for the Huffington Post. Huff.to slash Kevin Smith blog. That's Huff.to slash Kevin Smith blog. Want early access to tickets for Smodcast Internet Radio's metric fuckton of live shows? Join Smodcast. For just $4.99 a month, you'll get CD-quality audio of every podcast you hear on Sir ad-free. It's like watching porn without having to fast-forward through that goddamn plot. You'll also get bonus video content and other badass exclusives. Smodcast. Where Smodcast goes save for pay. All the deets at Smodcast.com. Hi, I'm Jack Morrissey. Welcome to Episode 5 of Team Jack. Episode 5. The Empire Strikes Jack. <laughs> yeah. With the, which the newly returned Greg Yolen uh, came up with mere seconds before the commencement of this recording. It's like Jiffy Pop, people. <laughs> no, Greg, it's like art. <laughs> um, 
Greg is back. Well, as we always do, heavy lifting first on Twitter, team underscore Jack for the win. Team underscore Jack. Also, Jack underscore Morrissey, M-O-R-R-I-S-S-E-Y. And because I know he'll be loath to do it himself, I took the liberty <laughs> of looking up Greg Yolen's Twitter handle, which is, <laughs> which is Greg Yolen, G-R-E-G-Y-O-L-E-N, um, with a avatar of Han Solo in his original vest. Zero tweets, zero favorites, <laughs> one following, and a whopping 38 followers. Let me tell you, All if spam. you ever see a tweet from me, it will be like, get in your cars, I just heard the world's about to end. <laughs> <laughs> like, get to the coast now, get to the choppa. Our third leg today, as tweet. always, is Matt Cohen, our engineer from uh, Sir. Uh, also host of Smid Night, which he told us uh, he last night recorded, or not recorded, live on air, drunk. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also the host of Bagged and Boarded on the network. And our fourth leg, forming our very beautiful uh, Mies van der Rohe table, <laughs> is my old friend Kerrigan Hennings. Hello. Uh, <laughs> out there. Um, who on Twitter is and get ready for this, take a pen down hang on, hang on go get a pen get something to write on it's really clever it's way too fucking clever I can't, I'm, I'm well, actually waiting for this to, to uh, I'm going to watch Yolan's reaction when he hears this on Twitter, as with uh, certain email addresses as well here's Kerrigan's handle and start writing. <laughs> oh, I'm doing K A Y A Y T C H E. Spell it again. K A Y A Y T C H E. Figure it out. Figure it out. Greg. Kayachi. Kayachi. Proper pronunciation, Kerrigan, would be K H. Do you see Ding. it phonetically spelled K H? Yeah, right. Whatever. Kerrigan Hennings. K H. Yeah, K H. With the E. Anyone? Nobody? Jesus K- Christ! <laughs> what? I'm I'm drunk right now. <laughs> You're asking me to spell phonetically. Are you drunk already? Uh, I'm not. Although we should preface all of this podcast by saying that we've just we are all. Um, Yes. Yeah, exactly. We're actually going to record two podcasts in a row today, episode five and episode six, which we have yet to title. Maybe we'll come up with that during the course of episode five. Chiffy pop. But um, we're, we're drinking some primo we've scotch. We've poured scotch, uh, which was a gift from uh, my partner's attorney, Wayne Alexander, uh, who also sat on the phone with me for about 15 minutes and explained the entire process by which scotch goes from rotting black, uh, pus-laden fluid leaking out of corpses on the moor and finds its way into our uh, emerald green bottle here on the table. You probably did (laughs) bill for that 15 minutes. Like any any good attorney. Interested parties uh, may want to know that we are drinking Ardbeg, which is called, which is pronounced, well, the full title is pronounced no, Ardbeg Ugadal. And it, here's the description on the back of the bottle, which I love. Takes its name from the brooding, mysterious lock, which provides the peat laden water for Ardbeg. This is a special vatting of different styles of Ardbeg, marrying together its traditional deep, smoky notes with the luscious, sweet, raisiny tones of old ex-sherry casks. Um, Wayne says this is one of the best bottles in the world. And it was established in 1815. And we're into it. We're into it. Deep. We have, we're what, two fingers, Kerrigan? You have at least Ex-bartender Kerrigan. I have as much as anybody else has. And so concludes another episode of Jack Reads (laughs) Labels. (laughs) (laughs) That is the name of the game. Uh, Matt Cohen I, is the only one not drinking. I just took my first sip, and it tastes like 
burning. Licking. <laughs> it, tastes it tastes like, like burning. burning. Uh, speaking of Mad Cohen, I'd just like to launch into things right now. I Speaking of episode five, of The episode Empire five, Strikes Jack. Uh, so last night, finally, I saw this terrific documentary, The People vs. George Lucas. Snuck up on you there, didn't I? <laughs> uh, it, it was, I, you know, I've been dying to see this for a really long time. It just came out on DVD. For anybody who's listening, it's, it's necessary viewing really insightful, really not, uh, you know, not indulgent, uh, film about the Star Wars generation representing itself. Hmm. And, uh, Mr. Matt Cohen has some, Great shit in there. Thank you, dude. I appreciate that. Yeah, no. Is it, it your movie? No, no. It's uh these guys, um, Alexandra Philippe and Robert Mertz, who are shot a doc, uh, kind of in response to the whole anti-Lucas movement. Right. It's called the. It's like a courtroom ab- approach. They they Love solicited like thousands of hours of stuff from fans on the internet, and then they also uh, reached out to a few different interview subjects. So it's like. Me, Neil Gaiman, Gary Prowse. Me, Neil Gaiman. I like to throw the me in there first. Uh, Chris, Chris Gore, a bunch of like real cool geek luminaries. Todd Hansen from The Onion. And, um. You guys are interviewed. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. But it's not, it, it's, uh, it's not like an attack. To, it's not a pro George Lucas documentary. It's more, it's more of like a cry for help from the fans to George. It's a fair, a fair assessment of it. It's very. Cry for help by Rick Astley. It's interesting and it's, it's multi, uh, Faceted takes very interesting sort of approaches to each, you know, sort of case in point, uh, like the Star Wars Christmas special and how he's tried to destroy every copy of it, <laughs> like the the fact that now you can't really get the DVD of the original trilogy. But you know what I found most interesting about it was they What's sort of talk about their well because he he doesn't want those to exist. Oh, uh, I know. Why? But what was the most interesting thing I said? Well, the most interesting thing is, is that, you know, they talk about how he takes these little digs at the fans, even in the film, certainly like, and there, there's the great example of in the beginning of, uh, episode two, Attack of the Clones, how there's, you know, Jar Jar Binks, the reviled Jar Jar Binks shows up for, uh, 10 seconds in that and has no speaking, speaking lines, but then does this turn to camera. He is alone in frame and he does this turn to camera and just grins. And it's like, <laughs> it's just this like. Is that true? Uh, and, and the, I've never noticed that in, in, in the all doc, the. It's in the in the seventeen thousand six hundred thirty five times I've watched episode two, <laughs> he means not one. remotely true. He means one time. <laughs> I never noticed that. But it's such a little. That's it's amazing. Such a little. Hey, fuck you. Yeah. yeah. Um. But even more more interesting than that. So this was documentary then was made before, and they, they mention it. It was made before the edition. Uh. The the episode three editions. Oh. Um. In which he added the no to the end of Jedi. Right. Which, so they, they talk about the no at the end of, uh, episode well three. Well done. But, but then there's no mention of that because obviously this, this documentary predates it. But speaking of George Lucas, just these little fuck yous, there's no way that A, he didn't see or hear about this documentary or certainly about the complaint no. of the no. The, this documentary actually got theatrical distribution. It Indeed. played Landmark's yeah. new art and it, and here in Los Angeles it. for very, very two weeks, I think. Uh, but but then that that he uh, would after the fact go into Jedi and add that in so unnecessarily is like yeah. there's no other way to read it. There's no other way. The other kind of thing he did was uh, well they, they I just know because I had the guys on my podcast too. They approached Lucasfilm like f- before they approached anyone and they were like, look, we're doing this movie. We don't know if you want to be a part of it. We're just letting you know what's going on. We'd love for you to be a part of it if you want to. They were like, no, thank you. However, they're still going to go on and do it about. uh Eighty percent of the way into the uh, post process, Lucasfilm announced that they were shooting a their own documentary at Comic Con that year that hasn't come out yet. That's a total swing job for Lucas. So they did a, they did a genuine reaction film to People vs George Lucas, which makes it that the more you know what I mean, kind of powerful. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Well, that's that's just going to be. I don't think they have a title yet, but I remember uh, Lucas was, has been shooting at. The, they shot San Diego. They shot a few other cons, and they were telling people it's for an upcoming fan documentary about the life and work of George Lucas. So what Maybe the basic... They can, I'm sorry, Kerrigan. I'm the, certainly not going to step on... Yeah, please don't. Thank your you. Your early contributions... <laughs> Thank you. ...to our... To our uh, 20 minutes. This is, this is about as Star Wars as I'm going to get. Um, what's the basic premise? That, that the fans are, like, pissed off at George Lucas because they've he's kind of what commandeered the, the lore of Star Wars and turned it into a kind of mockery? I think, yeah. I think... Um, 
uh, Jack and Greg would say the same thing. There's like a few major key points. Like, uh, you can't, you can't see the original theatrical release anywhere anymore. It's not on any kind of, I don't think it ever came on VHS. The original Anthropomorphic, uh, like the, the, the he's changed. Anamorphic. Anamorphic. Anthropomorphic would mean the VHS has fucking feet. And that would be my favorite VHS <laughs> of all time. I'll tell you right now. Thank you, Yolen. Uh, there's, there's, he's, like the version we're at now with the Blu-rays is, I think, the eighth version of the original trilogy right, yes. that's came out. Yes. First, it was he added more scenes into it that we didn't need that were always in the movie originally, and then, uh, I mean, it just and it continued on to like the indie thing, which which they touch on in the movie. He's just not very fan friendly, you know. Well, it's it, but it raises very interesting big questions about you know the ownership of art. And uh, and it's something Ooh. that that isn't dismissed. And we're off to and the races. Not, Here we go. We've just we've just found our. Dumbed, did you feel that? Yeah. Dumbed we just down found it. by the fact that Star Wars geeks are geeks. And I've seen documentaries uh, like, uh, for instance, I'm sorry, I apologize to anyone who loves this, but I thought that best worst movie about Troll Two was mm-hmm. pretty weak. Because it was just, it was just like, oh, all these people talking about Troll Two, oh, Troll Two, isn't it great? And it's like, no, 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 I don't care. Greg, 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 Greg. What? Before you go further. Do you love it? No, but before you alienate, keep digging. <laughs> let me just gently touch touch my hand to Ow. the handle of your spade, and say, <laughs> you will likely never work with those people again if you continue. <laughs> the Troll Two people. Exactly. Fuck, fuck. <laughs> Tread lightly. No, I thought the documentary was, it was more about the <laughs> fandom of it, the full on right. embrace. And if you didn't care about it, then you didn't care about the documentary. Sure. The, the People versus George Lucas is a much better and more accessible documentary because even if you don't really care about Star Wars, it raises interesting big questions that who owns people, art. that people who, who, uh, are watching can, can be involved in. And, and I hope to I work with those out. people in the future. And you hope to work with those people. <laughs> and for the record, I, I like the best worst movie to people too. We've had them at the theater. They're great guys. I'm sure they're great guys. And you know my thing, and I hate to, I'm going to stop talking after this and, and let you guys enjoy your whiskey fueled convo. But my thing with, be- <laughs> my thing with best worst movie is that movie's not about the fandom. It's about that one guy who played the dentist and right. it's his journey from holy shit, I'm famous to holy shit, being famous sucks. And I just want to go home to be a dentist again. And that, I think that really, really works kind of like Winnebago True. Man on that same level of just one man's discovering, holy shit, I'm famous, and then how he deals with that, you know? Wait, someone got famous from Troll 2? Yeah, I mean... Everybody did. Lots of people got famous from Troll 2. But Troll not two and I'm out. What the hell is Troll 2? What's Troll 1? Kerrigan. Kerrigan. I know, I know. Did I just like... You just came on Team Jack and asked what Troll 2 was. <laughs> <laughs> it should be pointed out, though, as, as Greg raises these, these uh, interesting questions on the ownership of art and our culture, and Society, uh, as well as the title of that documentary, The People vs. George Lucas, that uh, Kerrigan himself, as he sits here, is one or one and a half weeks away from getting the results of his yes. California State Bar Exam. Hence the scotch. <laughs> Hence the budding alcoholism. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sunday drinking. Early afternoon early Sunday drinking. Congratulations, Kerrigan. Well, um, or as, or as uh, lawyers say. Mazel tov. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. For the win. Done. So wait, you, you get your results. When did you take them? I took the test at the end of July. Worst experience of my life. I don't recommend it to anybody. California. In case, you're, in case you're just... In case, in case you're out there working at Blockbuster, listening to this, or <laughs> I'll be a lawyer. waiting tables, I and won't just, be a lawyer. just uh, swirling around in your mouth that idea of the legal career that yeah. might be right for you. It ain't. It ain't. It ain't. But yeah, so we'll find out November 18th. But let's answer. You know what uh, else let's come, talk about what the happens on November 18th. You know what else is revealed? Troll 3? Uh, no. No, the even Twilight better. Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1. Oh, that's the... Friday, November 18th. Hmm. Are you going to the midnight screening of your bar results? (laughs) (laughs) Are there going to be millions of young women screaming at the results of your bar exam? (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) Um, Why don't we talk about the the, uh, equally interesting questions that were raised by Bill Condon uh, in the car ride to dinner the other night? Which were? Well... 
for young California attorneys, uh-huh. how many DUIs oh. <laughs> can you get before yeah. you're disbarred? Uh, <clears throat> you can get three before you're disbarred, but you had the the deal is once you get them, you have to report them. And actually, I know a friend. I won't. I won't give his name, but um, good idea. Good idea. We clerked together. And, uh, no, no relation to clerks. He got <laughs> requisite Kevin Smith reference. Oh, yeah, no, a legal clerk, <laughs> legal clerk, judicial <laughs> clerk. Um, he got a DUI like two weeks before he was to receive his results. And so he had to call his kind of, uh, caseworker. We were assigned caseworkers that like we, it, part we of the bar them, exam is you have to take what's called the moral character application. We call them Jedi masters on this podcast. Jedi, okay. <laughs> and I know that's hilarious that uh, lawyers would have to take a moral character test, but <laughs> you have uh, this is basically... Especially a, in California. Yeah, seriously. Big, long background check. And so you're assigned caseworkers to kind of like study you, mm-hmm. this and that. And um, yeah, he did. He got one and he reported it and they were like, okay, well, that's probably going to be fine. Just thank you for reporting, blah, 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 blah. Wow. He, he ended up passing the bar and now he's a successful attorney, but. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of, you know. So. It's a thing. Once how does this, you, um. How does this relate so, to Troll 2? I don't. <laughs> oh, you'll. <laughs> <laughs> when you see those gumballs go off behind in your rear view mirror, friend, as you're pulled over on sunset on a Saturday night, and suddenly you're needing to make that call at uh, County Lockup downtown. It's going to be to my pal Kerrigan. <laughs> <laughs> I can get you out. <laughs> um, well, trolls chase ambulances, too. You know, with pots of gold, right? That's their deal? Um, trolls? That's leprechauns. Yeah, that's leprechauns. <laughs> that's the leprechaun. <laughs> What's the difference there? <laughs> it's the leprechaun. They're just Irish trolls, right? Well, they drink Ardbeg. <laughs> exactly. As... As, as do Irish I. things, <laughs> as Irish things tend Thanks, to Wayne. do, they drink scotch. <laughs> How do we feel about this shit? I'm scotch? into it. I don't have any water added to mine, and it is true. It is true. Wayne's claim that a single drop of water will change the flavor. Totally true. Totally true. Why do you want to change the flavor? Shouldn't it? Shouldn't. Shouldn't what comes in the bottle be ready to go, much like my Chick-fil-A sandwich? <laughs> mm, that's an interesting point. Well, but you get two flavors out of one bottle. I mean, how great is that? It's like a bonus. It is true, I guess. You know? Yeah. My question is, has anyone ever... You know those little pills that when you put them in water, a sponge dinosaur comes out? Has anyone <laughs> done that with scotch? <laughs> and if so, wouldn't that be phenomenal? You'd get a Scotch dinosaur that you could suck on. This that this sounds wrong. Not as wrong. Or right. <laughs> a suckable Scotch dino. Oh, so right. A suckable, a suckable Scotch brontosaurus. What? Matt's out on the balcony. At what the uh, fuck is that? There's very strange light rain happening. So I'm going to tweet out apocalypse instructions momentarily. That's <laughs> <laughs> totally weird. It's um it's, it's a very sunny afternoon, late afternoon in Los Angeles. We just uh turned our clocks back last night and yet yeah, something could be the scotch talking. Solid seems to be coming down just off the uh If this is our deck. last podcast, we want you to know how much we love Star Wars, the original trilogy. And but Scotch. the Twilight Saga, the Twilight Breaking, Saga Dawn, Breaking part Dawn, one. part one. And Scotch. Opening November 18. <laughs> wow. That's so weird. You can leave it open, Duder. Because if you close it, it will sound not unlike the T-Rex in Jurassic Park. Ooh, that is, that is rad. Um, Troll was a, uh, <laughs> was a shitty movie, maybe made by New World or Vestron. In the late 80s, maybe. Troll 2 was its sequel, starring Noah Hathaway. Am I wrong about that? I don't think I am. Cohen's shaking his head because he knows. It it, it was not a sequel, though. It was completely unrelated by a different Italian company that just put Troll 2 on the title. It had nothing. They were called Goblins in the movie. It had nothing to do with the original film. We are going to make a troll a movie. That was one of the funnier parts, yeah. Yeah, no, it's all unknown people who only acted in that one movie. It's a guy, uh, Michael Stevenson is the main kid in it who directed the documentary. Like, the kid in the movie made, wound up making Best Worst Movie. What's the, what's George the something. 
Sorry? It's not the kid, it's the father, and it's, uh, you don't piss on hospitality. That's what, that's what the big yeah. line in the movie is, uh. You don't piss on hospitality. Hmm. And Matt, can you, um, just very quickly and succinctly, for us, since you're sober, <laughs> uh, somehow connect Troll 2 to the room? The movie The Room? Yeah, Troll 2 kind of... The motion picture. Troll 2 is far from the... The Room might be the worst movie ever made. Like, The Room is on another level of, like, genius, auteur, like, who knows what the fuck happened with that movie to become the way it had to be. Troll 2 is bad, but it kind of became the hipster movie to embrace as, like, the worst movie ever. It's it's really... Yes, in a way. Like, it's it's really not the worst movie ever made. The performances are shitty. Yeah, it's a shitty low-budget Italian horror op- rip-off. But the room is flawed from every single... Like, there's that scene where the dialogue is sped up four times faster than the... the vid- you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen the room? Uh, I have seen the room, yes. Hey, where, where I, you, I adore the room. He walks in the flower People shop. love that movie. He walks... This is... Uh, the Timing-wise... Lisa, the, you're tearing me apart! This is the actual timing of the flower <laughs> shop dialogue. It's, uh... Hi, I'd like some flowers. Oh, I didn't see you come in. Hi, Johnny. You're my best friend. Oh, thanks. I'll see you later. Hi, doggy. And then he walks out. And the, the, and he's still walking from the counter because they had to loop it all or whatever. It's the greatest fucking movie uh, Didn't ever. he make another movie after The Room? He uh, he starred in a uh, a short called like Bleeding Alex. It was a horror thing. They premiered at Comic-Con. And now he does a um, a web series called uh, The Tommy Y Show where he yeah. plays video games. Oh. Yeah. Tommy Y, no, like W-I, his last name is Y-so. Y-so. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and he's got some weird accent, whatever that is. Yeah, and the other, that's his, he, we don't know where he's from. He, yeah. I won't tell you this, you know, he talks like, he just wears sunglasses all the time. He's and, from, he's from Van Nuys. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it is. I'm from Van Nuys. I will not tell you. <laughs> Jack raised an interesting question though. Maybe we What can, is the worst movie ever made? What is the worst movie ever made? That's hmm. a really good one. Um, my we, uh, pick. The interesting <laughs> thing is, first you have to agree on criteria, and that's a bitch. Because well, for we do me, have an attorney here who can <laughs> let's we'll, de- we'll define the terms. <laughs> we may have an attorney here, or <laughs> oh, we dip. may just have a garden variety alcoholic <laughs> without the paper. Yeah. Yeah, but you can still pretend without, to be without the license. I have the paper. I just don't have the license. <laughs> Officer, I have the paper. I just don't have the license. <laughs> it's right over here. It's in the glove box, but I can't. You don't want me to reach suddenly, <laughs> do you? <laughs> um, criteria. The criteria. In this household, in this household, the criteria for worst movies ever made is often not something marked by its its amateurness like a plan nine from that from outer space or the room no, no, no. or troll two it but rather is marked by pretension yeah. and uh attack of the worthies and finger excessive sanctimony and finger wagging mm-hmm I think those are great criteria. Those are those are the you make, you generally make do held. With what you can. No one's gonna fault you for being a shitty production if you're a lovable shitty production. As but long as you, you don't are, pretend you, you have the Ides of March, and you are you think that you are. I'm sorry, George Clooney. You think that you're making a very very deep statement about about politics, and in fact, all you're doing is restating the obvious. Yeah, that's not great. Yeah, it's not a great movie. You didn't like it. I haven't seen it. No, I didn't. Did you see it? Did you see it, Kerrigan? I haven't seen it. Did but I want it? to. When did you see it? Uh, so you saw the Eyes of March. What do you think? You know, I don't know because I haven't seen it. Mm. And why didn't you see it? Just you know, no time. I know the answer. I can't believe. Yeah. Are you going to say it on the air? I can't believe. No. <laughs> the answer is, he meant to see it, but he got wasted instead. Well, come on. That's okay. <laughs> What's don't, up, Mr. Saturday Night? Don't be judging. Kerrigan's, <laughs> Kerrigan's defense in all things from now on is going to be like, well, it's legal. <laughs> it is legal. In it's, this state. It's fucking legal. What are you, arrest me. So what me? if she's my arrest sister? <laughs> so I'm feeling arrest the scotch. Me, What's Irish up, are you? Me. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my shit's almost done. <laughs> the bottle's Irish, right here, fool. scotch when oh. wakes up. Uh, worst movie ever, based on the uh, the criteria of pretension. Um, yeah. 
an attack of the worthies, as you call it, the worthies. The worthies, a terminal case of the worthies. Yeah. Really sanctimony, horrendous sanctimony. Um, what are some you can things? feel the you can feel the the writer and or producers and or director standing in front of you holding two stone tablets that they just brought down from the mount, and you can you can feel the gentle breeze coming from the finger that they're wagging in your from the, face from the asshole there <laughs> the, exactly uh, I would I, not that this is the worst movie of all time. In fact, it's not even a film that I've seen, but I hate this film. Uh, it's up in the air. I hate that film too by Jason Reitman. I didn't hate that movie. Um, most people who've Carrie seen it, how could you? all it defend it, Louis, and I'm sure partially. that it has it has things to say that are very nice. But I'm going on the trailer alone, and my God, if that wasn't the so, let's be specific. The conversation now has turned into worst trailer. No, no, no. That trailer. I don't hate that ever. movie, but I didn't like that, it. That trailer. That trailer says everything you know. Uh, you need to know about it. It's a uh, hey. Imagine how much your life would weigh if it's in a bag. This is the central metaphor of the film we're about to make. But also, and, by the way, that's like Joseph Campbell 101. Yeah. Oh, Empty your pockets out and what are the... Uh, it is, it is what's like, the here's our central metaphor. What's the meaning bang, of your life? Bang, bang, bang. And then it's uh, clearly that this character feels a deep <laughs> emptiness because his life doesn't weigh enough. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> and, then, and then he goes around firing people. So it's got, you know, contemporary relevance. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> it's made by a millionaire's son. Who is a millionaire and claims not to be a millionaire. And it's about how sad poor people are. <laughs> Cohen's, Cohen's losing it, so I know this is good. And I'm literally, literally, I just foamed at the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> out of rage. And it was bring like it, a scotch bring foam. Bring it on. Uh, I'm sure Jason Reitman's a really uh, sweet guy, but you want to talk about sanctimony. <laughs> you know what I think should follow that up? I think we should follow that up with Siriana, that guy who made oh, that movie. Oh, great example. Great example. Steve Gagan, writer-director. And then he goes and marries like, the heir to, I don't know, Exxon or something like this. He makes this like, re- yeah, really interesting movie about all the you know, fucked up conspiracy and kind of you know, backhanded politics in- surrounding the oil industry. And then he fucking marries into it. It's like... Kerrigan just turned his way onto the podcast. I would, I would agree with that totally. And I think Siriana's Kerrigan's a dull, in the a dull, Team Jack universe movie. now. I love that Siriana is such a self-serious movie and the bad guy in it. Do you remember what the, the villain's name is? Janus. Kaiser Soze. Janus, the two-faced god. His name is like Janus. It's like, why don't you just name him Hitler? Like, just name, like, <laughs> like in the villain's name, CEO Gary Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's just, it's completely, it's so obvious. It's like such oh, an obvious little... Oh, we missed you, little, Greg Yolen. Little swipe. Well, I'm back now, Jack. Did and you I, bother, by the way, did you I'm bother trying. to listen to episode four? Um, no, I didn't. Episode four, The Absence of Greg Yolen. <laughs> was that what it was called? It was either that or The Absinthe, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> that because I just had some dental surgery. <laughs> no, or you're homosexual. I was, uh, I was away. I was out of the country momentarily. You um, were in Vancouver. I was in Vancouver. Yeah. Did you has good time? I has good time in Vancouver. Did you go to Top of Grass Mountain? I did not go to Top of Grass Mountain, uh, but uh, that is it's a beautiful city. It's it a is. really nice city. Kerrigan, remember Peak of Grass Mountain? Oh, how can I forget? We weren't wearing We've coats. all been there. Matt Cohen, have you been to Top of Grass Mountain, Mac? The Couve is some serious shit. That's why you're calling it the Couve. If you'd been to the Couve, you'd understand clearly that People don't call the coup. Yeah, if you say if you call the coup to Vancouver a Canadian, the they will be so polite oh, to coup. you got... in response. <laughs> the coup. <laughs> All right, that's like the boo, <laughs> the sades. What's the boo? Malibu. Malibu. <laughs> they don't really call it that. Yeah. The sades. Those people. <laughs> Palisade. They don't call it that either. <laughs> the Marquis de Sades. Kerrigan uh, started to reach for his tumbler, but then but then fell it, backwards. <laughs> <laughs> um, wh- what did you do in Vancouver? Or let's just get right down to the point. Where did you eat? Well, uh, and what did you eat? Let me I'm just, on a fucking diet. Let me just from last say this: if if you ever find Carmine's yourself in Vancouver, too. there is a restaurant there that is. I've been there twice now. And it ranks among the best meals I've ever had twice. It's the sushi place? It's called, uh, it's a Chinese, it's a Chinese brasserie. It's called Bao Bay. And it is like, it's where we had that big dinner. Absolutely 
bonkers how Wait, good this the food first is. name is bowel b no 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 bowel b a o probably welcome to bowel bay <laughs> yeah right no, botany bay like, like one of those steamed pork buns and then b-e-i exactly. oh good god this place is ridiculous really anyway that's all you had another great experience We're, there we, we've di- we've diverged from our our path of the, the worst movie ever i think this is or the worst trailer ever well no i just threw that out there as being sanctimonious here's the worst trailer ever ready He's right. It is. Remember in the 90s, every award season movie would use, um, I think it's Randy Edelman's score uh-huh. from Dragonheart uh-huh. for their trailer. Most famously, I think, Braveheart, before James Horner produced his own award season trailer music score for that movie on his own. But um, speaking of overrated. Any, well, what, Dragonheart or Braveheart? Brave. Take your pick. Brave. What about Dragonfly? No, that's an underrated What about film. Angelheart? <laughs> what about Angelfly? <laughs> Bravefly. What about Waterworld? <laughs> Waterworld's not bad. <laughs> Waterworld's not bad. Except the only problem with Waterworld is how did they have cigarettes if the world is covered in water? Wouldn't those have all been... Uh, Remember the whole the their their uh they they barter cigarettes and that's like the the money. But like here's what I remember from Waterworld. Like here's what I remember liking from Waterworld. Honestly, and I got it. It's Mad Max on the high seas. Pee drinking. Got it. Um, Costner has to drink his pee. <laughs> Scene one. <laughs> Scene one. He's drinking pee. Um. No, he has to lash the thing around himself and then dive off the back of the trimaran, which I ended up later seeing down when it was on dry land in um, Terminal Island in Long Beach when I went to go visit our future podcast guest, Adam Cook, on the set of Barbed Wire. Um, Good movie. But Costner uh, swims underwater, and you see the sort of... You know, the underwater city that we saw after that in AI, or I think we saw before that in Escape from L.A., but that's before he's chased to the surface by uh, Waterworld's equivalent of a giant man-eating shark, which has a sort of horizontal jaw structure instead of a vertical (laughs) jaw structure. Am I drunk? I don't know. (laughs) Blasphemy. (laughs) Otherwise, Waterworld is pretty much a wash, and inexplicably the Waterworld stunt show is still going on up at Universal Studios Hollywood wrong man what's up will it be replaced by battleship stunt spectacular when the same studio Universal opens that uh, opus shot on the high seas another most expensive movie ever made next summer like the game battleship exactly like the game does somebody say you sank my battleship I'm, I'm sure. sure they will. Fuck yeah. And that person oh, yeah. will probably be star Taylor Kitsch. That's worth my $14. It's basically the same line as get off my plane. You know, Someone sunk my battleship. You sunk, you sunk my, my battleship. battleship. You Boom! damn dirty ape. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now there's Have you seen the teaser trailer for that? For which? Battleship. Yeah, like six months Oof. ago. Yeah, when they, they felt released they just that teaser trailer and then they sort of out. like, oh, <laughs> pay no attention to that teaser trailer. Yeah. That's like long gone. When is it, when is the film released? Next summer, I think. Next summer. Having been shot, shot concomitantly in Baton Rouge, Louisiana with Great word. Get Ready for The Twilight word. Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1. Which is coming out in two weeks on November 18th, which what? is the same day that Kerrigan... Along Hennings. with my bar results. <laughs> it's, bar same result. it's a big damn day. So, so, so Twilight comes out November 18th, and then that film comes out, what, nine months later? Even though they shot at the same time. And, they were actually, and the big they difference were is that the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1 has only used exactly one editor, who would be Virginia Katz, who has cut pretty much everything Bill Condon has ever directed... While Battleship is on, by all accounts, its fourth or fifth editor. And the director may or may not be in the editing room. I don't understand that. Skanks. All of them. (laughs) All of them on that movie. Just skanks. I've heard the same thing. (laughs) 
<laughs> I've heard the exact. Let's drink to that. I'll drink to your leg. You drink to my leg. I'll drink to your leg. I'll, I'll drink. <laughs> Hennings and Morrissey, <laughs> two Irish bastards. Ah. Yeah. I've and what's been... the other half of you that isn't Jewish? Human. Greg Yolen. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's I'm fully wow. human, hundred percent. I'm I'm well. I don't like Irish people because I'm Welsh. My other half is Welsh, and you know what? Welsh people, much like our corgi, don't get enough credit, even though Wales. Uh, 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 yeah, but didn't they really hasn't contributed anything to? Didn't they side with the English when the English wiped out the Irish? We signed. Yeah. Well, we no, we signed with the English, but then we left <laughs> so for really, CAA. We, we, we signed with you. CAA after the English. <laughs> Kerrigan, statute of limitations. Okay, okay, okay we've Kerrigan. Don't don't knock the Welsh. I almost got don't the knock, word limitations don't out. Don't knock the Welsh, but not quite. <laughs> not quite. Oh, I'll have some more. Podcast <laughs> <laughs> number two is going to be real fucking interesting. <laughs> That's that'll be called episode. Six, return of the liquor. The red eye. <laughs> the red eye. Return of the red eye. Because if we are, if we are stoned by that point. Which, <laughs> you'll be listening to that podcast let's, after let's I take it. the red eye to London. Um, oh, yeah, that's so true. Yeah. That will probably be broadcast. Uh, it will. It'll be broadcast. You're on your European uh, Just as I'm landing tour. in London. European yeah. vacation. Exactly. Um, so... I'm sorry. I, I, do I need to be the daddy here? I want worst movies of all time picks from all of you guys. Okay, Mike, going over to Matt Cohen because uh, he's got one to get this fun train back on the track. I do have one. Um, well, I, there's a lot of movies I like. Pretentious movies like Sucker Punch is one of the worst movies ever made. I think by Zack Snyder for that reason. It's just someone jerking off on like it's one of those movies where it's a dude who had a notebook of cool shit he wrote down for five years and was like. Fuck a story. Just throw it in a movie. Um, but in terms of the worst movie ever made that I've ever seen in a theater that I was physically violently mad at the concept of filmmaking after was, uh, entirely, uh, based on pretension. And that's Jerry by Gus Van Sant. Interesting. The movie where Casey Affleck and Matt Damon walk for two hours. There's. So is Gus Van Sant. I mean, I said, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, um, I, I could, I, I, I could say what I want. Uh, and I'm sober saying this. Uh, no, it's did true. you, have you seen Jerry and of you guys? There's, um, yeah, three lines. Jerry with a G, not with a J. Of course. There's three lines of dialogue in the film and they're about like a, a Jeopardy question. And then an hour, 35 minutes is Matt, uh, is Damon and Affleck's heads bobbing up and down with the desert behind them. <laughs> Do it. Could you be more specific? About that? <laughs> Given that it's a Gus Van Sant, a film by Gus Van Sant, could you be more specific about the head bobbing the head up bobbing and down in the desert? And whose Sorry, head Matt is Damon. bobbing up and down? And who's just sort of relaxing and leaning back? <laughs> uh, they were both bobbing in this one. It was, it was, it, they, they, they topped it. They, they all went. Hey, It was a fight for the top. That's what that movie should have been subtitled. Jerry, a fight for the top. No one's relaxing on this tyke. Mutual reciprocation. A Gus Van Sant joint. Okay, well, that's a Gus very Van Sant just announced very interesting or, pick. Gus Van Sant just announced a movie with Taylor Lautner. That's true, yeah. Who stars as Jacob Black in the Twilight Saga Breaking, Breaking Dawn, Dawn Part 1, one which, which is going to be released everywhere November, <laughs> November 18th. November 18th. And here's what I found inexplicable. Well, Matt, it's because it opens a year from now on November. Do you even know Greg? There's no date set for that. There's no date. Here's what I thought the weirdest thing was. They make this announcement. I think it broke on the Hollywood Reporter. It's based on a New Yorker article uh-huh. that Lautner optioned. Taylor Lautner optioned, and yet no one sees fit to include a reference to even the title of that New Yorker article. Yeah, no so, by the way, is. Kerrigan, yes, our uh, resident lawyer on Team Jack, mm-hmm. or hopeful lawyer. Go fuck yourself, lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we really think they have all those rights tied up if they're not mentioning what the specific, 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 absolutely, whoa, absolutely, they've got no, uh, 
duty to reference the source material. It's we not should, about that. I'm wondering why they're the not referencing the source material if they have the source material all locked up tight. Well, probably because they want it to be stand on its own, and they don't. Probably they don't want it associated with the source material. They want it to seem like a Gus Van Sant, Taylor Lautner original experiment. Creation. It's going to uh, be whatever. Taylor Lautner in Hendrik Hertzberg's Talk of the Town. <laughs> it, that was. By the way, there will be exactly the zero listeners who e- even get that. That was a New Yorker joke, on. friends. It'll be Taylor Lautner as oh, a young yeah. male prostitute finding his way on the streets of Portland. There will be plenty of head bobbing, that's for sure. And there will probably got, be plenty of nudity. I got a pretentious uh, entry to throw in. I, I forget what the title is, but it came out maybe <laughs> three or four years ago. It was, I think it was a Jim Jarmusch movie, but it starred. Um, I didn't even Bill know that Murray. he was still making Broken movies. Flowers. Oh, such a piece of shit! Like this movie, just him like fucking sleeping with women, right? That's and it's supposed to be some, Bill Murray sleeping with women. Yeah. And it's supposed to be some commentary of, I don't know, maybe about he's like uh, midlife crisis or something and this and that. But it's just right. like fucking snore through the entire thing. Ridiculous. Where did you see that movie? At the Sunset Five. I saw that movie well. at the Sunset Five as well. <laughs> and I like that well, movie. Because that's the I only like that theater that would book it. I'm sure. And by the way, do we all hear the news this week that the Sunset Five is no more? Gonzo, Dunzo. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, it's, it's yeah. not closing down forever. It's no, down well, to, it's becoming the Sunday. When it forever. reopens, it will probably not be called the Sunset, the Sunset Five. Five. That is probably true. But it it's will closing be at the end of November here in Los Angeles. The venerable art house, um, one, uh, well, a one-time jewel in the crown of uh, local Lemley theaters, is closing down. I think November twenty-nine is their last day. They'll be closed for a few months. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they reopen, newly remodeled, and with a liquor license, liquor. they will be operated by Sundance Cinemas. Yeah. Still art house, though? Well, of course, totally. it's yeah, Sundance, Sundance Cinemas, man. Yeah. It's not American Multi Cinema. Yeah. A- a- That's a- where I AMC. saw Take Shelter this week for seven dollars, which you got a lot. Wow, you got a lot. How was it? In LA for seven bucks? Uh, it was a, it was a little too long. Very well performed, mm-hmm. uh, and and a little too long. Um, but not the worst movie ever made by any means. Another one I'm gonna do. I'm gonna put another one out there. Uh, Brokeback Mountain. Hate that piece of shit. Really? What? Hate it. <laughs> I know. I just pissed off like all your. What? And by the way, let's just say for the record, I know where you're allowed to say for the record. What? That Kerrigan Hynings is a homosexual. A big old fucking knob, sloppy pass around party bottom. That's what we call him. Okay. <laughs> Wait, I'm yeah. sorry, a pass around party bottom? A big, fat, sloppy yeah. pass around Someday, party Greg, bottom. Someday, Greg, I'll teach you what that means. Don't <laughs> touch me. <laughs> no, but here's the deal with that fucking movie. Made such a, I'm going to get on a soapbox for a minute because this is my second glass of Scott. It really Kerrigan is. Kerrigan Hennings on Brokeback Mountain. Kerrigan will likely never represent Focus Features. <laughs> Go ahead, Kerrigan. No, I don't, but we do represent Summit. Did you know that? Did you know that? Who's Summit? Summit. Why? They're the producers of the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1. <laughs> and when opening is that November be Opening everywhere November 18. Anyway, here's the Unless deal. you're in Australia where it's You know, they made like, a, like a huge deal about they got these two <laughs> giant movie stars to be in it. And, oh, this is like finally, you know, kind of like the, the yeah. Hollywood closet opening. Mm-hmm. And then the love scene, whatever. They don't take their fucking clothes off next. But that movie... It, but it's, it's pretty clear in the tent, in what what's happening in the tent scene there. I'm not that, clear if I don't see it. <laughs> I never saw the movie, but doesn't he spit in his fucking hand and then jerk the other guy off? It doesn't get more... I think he's spitting in his hand because, let's just say, up in the uh, mountains of Montana, there there wasn't any. But but wait, Durex KY. I'm going I'm going somewhere with this. That same year, Transamerica came out, and that movie was a wonderful representation of it to, at that time what was happening, kind of in the gay rights movement and mm-hmm. kind of where we were in the kind of big picture of society. Brokeback Mountain, total, to me, it was like Uncle Tomming all fucking gays. It totally sold out, you know, the, oh, oh, let's all just get behind it because they're, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal and Heath Ledger are like, ooh. It's an interesting story. Would that be Ant Tomming it? <laughs> no, it wouldn't. It would be Uncle Tommy. Everyone in well, that movie I had a cock. I see the point that it's that it's a film ostensibly about the the homosexual experience, but it's two 
straight guys who can ever who don't of, fucking they don't ever kiss but, they don't ever take their but fucking I think isn't that off, isn't that the point? It's not a no. pornography film. Fuck it's you. not about por- don't it, say fuck it's you. It's not. I'm not talking like let's see him fucking put it in, but I'm saying like let's <laughs> let's see a real gay experience. And uh, to me, they were like phoning well, it in. And what it is a real gay experience? Oh, I don't think if it's you're not seeing quote fucking put it in unquote. I'll give you a real gay experience. I think yeah. <laughs> but uh, we got a real gay experience with Transamerica. You know, we really saw, you know, into this character. Why don't you go into Transamerica just a little bit? Give us the TV Guide log line. Oh, it's for about the uninformed. Uh, uh, Felicity Huffman. Felicity Huffman. She plays a transgendered person. She plays a man who has yes, yes, who who transitioned into, into a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just, you know, really great kind of like. And her relationship with her son, who is Kevin Zegers. Kevin Zegers. Kevin Zegers. Now see, right? Who takes his shirt off. Right, okay. <laughs> and that's that's what passes for you for the game. <laughs> yeah, as long as film. I see some skin. <laughs> yeah, I would say The Godfather Part 3 is the worst film of all time, but only because there's not enough tits. <laughs> what about Marlon Brando's tits? Oh, he's, <laughs> he's dead. He's dead. No, I'm just kidding about that. Continue, right. I'm sorry. What no, about Al Pacino's tits? You know, they're gross. <laughs> So you're not a Brokeback fan. I am not a Brokeback fan at all. So when Crash won Best Picture in the the shocking upset that everyone who didn't live in Area Code 323 didn't see coming (laughs) um, and uh, pushed aside Brokeback Mountain, you were not disappointed. I was not disappointed. I mean, I wasn't like rooting for its downfall. I mean, if people love this movie, awesome. You know, and if it reaches some... You know, I don't know, gay basher. Oh, I like, you know, Heath Ledger, so maybe I'll, you know, great. But to right. me, people got behind that movie, for the, I think, for the wrong reasons. I think people got behind it because the idea of Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal getting it on. And that's great. I'll get behind that idea, but I want to see I think they also it got on. behind it because it was a film by Ang Lee. Yeah. Who's a hugely respected director. Hugely Sorry. respected director. Okay, whatever. Good. But just, I, feel I remember like, the one scene, like, I think Anne Hathaway rolls into town, whatever, and, like, the red uh, handkerchief blows across the screen. I'm like, oh, seriously? Jeez, I don't remember that at all. Well, see, you didn't hate this movie as much as I did. That's No, why. clearly not. I've got them cataloged. All the reasons to hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Come see me. Give me a call. We respect passion. Or give you a tweet at the... Uh, Inexplicably spelled K H. I still don't understand it. I still don't understand it. K A Y Y because K- we love K-A-Y. you. Okay. Okay. Oh, it's the phonetic spelling. Yo, and it would be like if you were your initials. You would be I understand it now. Yeah, yeah. W. How do you spell Y? It'd be like G J E E would say W A I G Y. Boy, that's you know I've I've been alive for almost thirty years. I've never I've never realized that. Really, do you feel that way? Is something so and so G Y? Oh, that's pretty. Do you feel like you've been alive for almost thirty years, or just here for almost thirty years? G Y is that? That's awesome. G Y. That's terrible. My parents. See my sunglasses. Are playing a trick on me. Yeah, the sun is in my eyes. The west, the um, setting sun is in my eyes. Because it's what four now in daylight savings time. It's four oh seven. I just looked at my iPhone <sighs> on a Sunday, and we're plastered. I love it. <laughs> I love Sundays. You know, what we need to, right now. We need a traditional English Sunday roast. Ugh, some, Greg Yolen, Yorkie pudding, you. some Yorkie pudding, you. and some parsnips. And Thank some you. House of Parliament sauce. Also, that year Breakfast on Pluto <laughs> came out. Great. Another great movie. What? Breakfast on Pluto that, yeah, I know nobody saw. Never heard of it. Jack, what's your le- what is the worst movie you've ever seen? Ugh. I know what it is. I know what you're, I know what you're going to say. seen a lot of bad movies. What is it? I don't like the idea of you going there if I don't know where you're going. So don't say it, whatever you think it is. Kerrigan mimics blowing the microphone or vomiting on the microphone. I think that Can was it be both. Yeah, it's true. It could, <laughs> could be well, somewhere you should, in the middle. Maybe one follows the other. <laughs> Eric Odom, we're thinking of you right now. <laughs> um, uh, God, what is the worst We've movie all I've ever been seen? There. What is the worst movie that you've ever seen in your life? Here's the weird thing about me: like, once I if I if I sit through a terrible movie. I never um <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> I 
I never watch it again, and I usually don't retain it. Dude, American Beauty. That's what you're going to say. You hate That's actually that. not... Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm glad you said that. Okay. Hang That's on. what you thought? American Beauty. Well, I, every time that comes up, you fucking rip it to well, shreds. Here's the thing, and I would say this about Brokeback Mountain as well. One of the things that's really tough, uh, well, high-class problems. Yeah, exactly. One of the things that's a bitch about living in Movie Town, USA, is that often by the time you're exposed to a movie, you've already been exposed to fuck-tons of hype um, about its potential as best picture. If we're talking about these kinds of movies, again, Attack of the Worthies, um, Revenge of the Sanctimonies. <laughs> um, and it's incredibly hard to go into an experience watching one of those movies without a lot of baggage up front. So here's my line on American Beauty. At the time, I was truly, truly not a fan. But since then, I have come around, for the most part, on certain aspects of it. And I know many, many people who were, at the time, not fans of Brokeback Mountain, and since then have come around, and I'm one of them. And it's not that, I mean, my feeling on Brokeback when I saw it was probably not dissimilar from a lot of other people's, a lot of of other people's lines on that movie, including, I think, a lot of Academy voters, which is perhaps why it didn't win Best Picture, which was, at the end of that movie, you really want, you want a big feeling. You want to be feeling more. And instead, what you get is, by and large, the usual austerity, emotional austerity that marks the, that marks almost all of the movies of that director, Ang Lee, excluding perhaps the Hulk. And underrated. While we're talking. The underrated Hulk. We'll get to that in the next We'll jump back to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. So, for me, I often have the experience where um, I have a a um, kinked-up, fucked-up relationship to a movie while it's in theaters, much less if it's actually hunting in award season. Right. And two or three years later, when I happen to be scrolling down the channel lineup at, on DirecTV, and I figure, oh, fuck it, I'll just watch it half an hour, 45 minutes mm-hmm, of this on the mm-hmm. way to bed. On the way to sleepy time, sleepy time. Two hours time. later, you're tearing. Two, two hours later, <laughs> I'm brutal. weeping like a bitch. No. Um, and Brokeback is definitely one of those movies. It's like, I get it. All right. Well, I haven't seen it since it was in the theaters. And American Beauty, you know what? American Beauty, there's a lot, there's a lot to like in American Beauty. Nowhere near as much for me personally as in Road to Perdition, which was the follow-up film by Sam Mendes. Ooh. Matt Cohen's making yeah, a face. I, just like, oh, I second to Matt's mouth. face. I love Road to Perdition. Love Road to Perdition. Uh, well, I have a microphone and Matt. What's up, Matt Kevin and Robbie Beagle? But but that movie, talk about like neutering your own film with stylization, and everyone loves talking about that roundy round shot of Paul Newman as all of his you know heavies are getting offed in the rain by by a uh, prosthetically nosed Tom Hanks. <laughs> But there is absolutely nothing immediate about that, and it is absolute jerkoffery. It is so, and I, I know totally plenty disagree. of people. I, totally I know plenty of people who I respect and like who think that including film the ones says something really original about crime or anything about that. But I, I don't know that it says count. anything original about crime. But it's it's sort of a great moment of cinema shot by Conrad Hall, like American Beauty. And I, I don't know. It was just sort of poetry. You don't. You just totally disagree. I, for me, it's it's the it's with the, an amazing the fucking Thomas on, Newman score. The cake of a film that hasn't really been about anything, and now insists on making its presence known yet again. The fact that this is an empty exercise. It's a terrific shot. There's no question that there's a lot of skill that goes into making that shot. But what is it about? What is it saying? What is that movie? It's not much. There's not wow. much there. Wow. I, what is that movie? What's it about? Is that the one where at the end of the movie, it's about a the, feeling. the kid goes, the kid it's goes, about a feeling. people ask me, would ask me what I say about my father. I would say, or, you know, about him, they'd say, he's my father. Is that the one with the magical <laughs> inmate? 
Angel. No, that's the Green Mile. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that. It is amazing movie. how many movies were sort of set in period Chicago or in and around period Chicago Starting during Tom that Hanks. period, including, by the way, Big. Chicago. Um, Road to Perdition released in the same year as Chicago. Yep. And the Green Mile probably released, what, a year or two after? Um, before, I thought. You think the Green Mile pre- predates yeah, Perdition in Chicago? Maybe there was some sort of wireless internet that connected all living things. What's the, by the way, what's the best Chicago movie ever made? Um, I'll tell you right now. The Untouchables. <laughs> Blues Brothers. Greg Yolen. I I don't know. I, I guess the Untouchables. I totally agree. The Untouchables. Yeah, it's a fucking masterpiece. I want to I want to say Adventures in Babysitting. Have you spent a lot of time? Ooh, in that's Chicago oh, Kerrigan, and we're yeah. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, I lived Ferris there for a year and a half. Ferris Bueller's Day Off is another good one. Yeah, Ferris come on. Bueller's Day Off. All right. Okay. But, I have but to get they Ferris hang out. They yeah. hang outside of that building. That's like a very iconic building. It's right on the corner of Grant Park. It's cool. And they go downtown, they go to the Blues Club, you they, they, go the the, they go to the Art Institute. Come mm-hmm. on. That's a Art, classic scene. Well, yeah, so please, please, Bueller. please let me get what oh, I want. Oh, I thought you were talking about Ferris Bueller. Oh, no, I'm talking about Adventures in Babysitting. Oh. Adventures in Babysitting, I'm sorry, cannot compete in a field that includes Ferris Bueller, or as we referred to it at the time, those of us who loved the oeuvre of Mr. Hughes, FBDO, <laughs> um, or The Untouchables, which is a fucking masterpiece that's a great movie and by the way let me just say why do why do we tune into team jack every week because team jack is right and in 1987 when i came out of my my first screening uh no that would happen three years later (laughs) um when i came out of seeing the untouchables for the first time in 70 millimeter back when they struck those prints i was like that's a fucking masterpiece it was like the least personal movie that brian de palma ever made it had the least to do with all of Brian De Palma's obsessions, namely Alfred Hitchcock, um, and script by brilliant, 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 yeah. brilliant, brilliant, brilliant screenplay by David Mamet, um, incredible score by Ennio Morricone, and star-making turn turns by Kevin Costner. Uh, obviously, Mr. Connery was also you know it's funny a, you say big that, old Jack, star by that time. I was going to say that is the worst film of all time. No, you weren't. You were not going to say the Untouchables. I was going to say the Untouchables. Are you serious? No, I'm not serious. I was, I was going to say, what I was going to say is, get the fuck out. You're fired. I want you dead. I want your family dead. <laughs> I want to go there. I want to go to the house at night. I want to piss on his ashes. I want to piss on his ashes. By the way, that was my introduction to Robert De Niro with our friend Adam Cook, who will be a future podcast guest, was that summer. It, I, I believe it was the same summer. It was... Mr. De Niro as Mr. De Niro throwing speech. Mr. De Niro as Al Capone in The Untouchables for Brian De Palma, and then um, Mr. De Niro as Lucifer in Alan Angel Parker's Heart. Angel Heart, another which is another film? fucking masterpiece yeah. by made by a guy who also did. Let's just let's give it up for Alan Parker here for the next thirty seconds. The Commitments, great. Pink Floyd, The Wall, great, great. Come see the paradise. I can't speak to that. What no. are the other great films of Alan Parker? Um, Evita. Evita. Well, Bill Condon <laughs> would say so for sure. Uh, what else? Uh, what? Uh, that's a really good question. What are the great Alan Parker films? Angel Heart for me is the one. Angel Heart, Pink Floyd, and Evita. I totally respect Evita. Um, but here's I the don't. thing. Okay, shut your mouth. And I love Madonna. Shut your mouth. I think that's why I don't respect it. Not because of the, the cinematic qualities, but because of the Madonna performance. Shut your mouth. Wow. Um, you will never work for Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. Alan Parker can literally not get a, dro- a job directing commercials now. Why? Why? Because he's seen as over the hill. The cow has been put out to pasture. He cannot get a job directing commercials. What the fuck? Seriously. That's fucked up. It's ridiculous. It's very sad. It's just, it's, you know, and have you ever heard that Alan Parker is an asshole? No. Is he? Not that I've ever heard. The Commitments is uh, a truly great film. I was I've never seen The Commitments. You've never seen The Commitments? I know, I know. And it's I another Alan Parker musical. I was when I was a kid. I loved it. Huh. 
Are you are you have you pulled him up on IMDb? I'm pulling him up right now because I was literally trying to find the other uh great films of his. Angela's Ashes. Not a great film of his. That's literally Irish people throwing dead babies into the street cobblest <laughs> into the cobblestone street uh, gutter. Midnight Express. A great movie. Great movie. Great, great movie. movie. Um hold on. He hold can't on. get a job doing a commercial. Cannot get a job directing commercials. Let's get him to do an ad for Team Jack. Let's we get him on pay, Team Jack because, by you. the way, if I tell him we have a we have a bottle of Ardbeg open on this this uh, living room uh, coffee table, he'll show up. <laughs> like like, like Santa Claus. He can't, exactly, exactly. He can't He's Irish or English or whatnot. They love their liquor. They like Santa with milk and cookies. What's that? With like Santa with milk and cookies. If you open a bottle of Ardbeg, wherever you are in the world, Alan Parker will will come appear. a calling. <laughs> Much like the Candyman. Well, I think, uh, just to settle this this conversation, I think the worst film ever made, the most pretentious piece of shit. <laughs> you know, we could, okay, before you do that, yeah. don't do that. Because we're wrapping up episode five, The Empire Strikes Jack. Cliffhanger. Han, no, Cliffhanger's Han, a pretty good movie. Han. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you very much. Han is frozen in carbonite and has been taken off in Slave One to be delivered to Jabba the Hutt. Luke has just learned uh, an interesting bit of genealogy <laughs> <laughs> and has a new hand so he can totally rock the stranger. <laughs> Next, <laughs> I don't understand that joke. <laughs> on the next lonely night, he can totally rock the stranger with his bionic head. We've all had those thoughts. Wouldn't it be great to have a detachable robot hand? And um, Lando and Chewie have gone off in search of Han. And, and Leia. No Leia standing right there. No Leia's you know, looking through the big picture window. But Leia then teams up with them to become Boskin. Exactly. Um, anyway, if you haven't so seen So before you movie, go into worst movie ever made, <laughs> okay. here we are at the end of it, of uh, episode five. I love it. We got we to gotta, we gotta hang time. the cliff. By the way, not unlike the true, true cliffhanger ending that finishes up the Twilight, the Twilight saga, saga. Breaking, Breaking Dawn, Dawn part, part one. Opening everywhere. <laughs> November 18. Punk rock. Out. That's it. Cheers. Cheers.